All righty. Welcome and uh, welcome back to the show. Good to have you along. Whether you're listening in Alberta or BC, we welcome you to this hour of education. Employment law is what we discuss. It is very important you know all your employment law rights. And uh, we educate you every week on the show. John Scholes here along with Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner, Samfiru to market the LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. You are in amazing hands uh, going forward and, of course, for this hour as well. And, uh, yeah, that's right. You want to uh, reach out and call us with your employment law questions. could be something as simple as a severance question or being laid off or uh, anything under the employment ban you think comes to mind you've been thinking of for a while. Now is the time to call and get educated. There are no dumb questions. We have plenty of time. As mentioned, toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get to some of those a little later on in the hour. The topic for today, by the way, is, uh, you know, Biggest employment law violations even big employers are guilty of. Just because it's a massive company, not a little mom-and-pop pizza shop, doesn't mean they're doing things correctly. So we're going to uh, work our way through a bunch of those. Some of them may surprise you, and uh, that may be the reason why you call in. Something comes to mind. If not, just sit back, listen, and leave the hour a lot more uh, smarter than you were when it comes to employment law rights. But, Lior, we always start with the week that was, pal. How are you? Hey, John, great to be here. Uh, you know, great to talk employment law. And, you know, for me, and I, we're getting now closer to, to the fall season. Oh. And this is a, a busy time because a lot of changes happen kind of in that, in that final quarter of the year in the workplace. So you may be in a situation where through no fault of your own, something may happen, something may change over the next few months. So you need to be ready. You need to understand what your rights are. John, if everything was always sunshine and rainbows at work, there would not be no need for a show like ours, no. right? I wouldn't need to have a team of lawyers across Canada to help individuals. The reality is sometimes there is going to be conflict. There is going to be questions. There are going to be some dicey situations where you need to stand up for your rights. And that's what this show is all about. That's why we're always here to make sure that you have that knowledge, to have that power. Knowledge is power. And by calling us on this show, you can get your questions, answers. You can learn a lot about your situation and of course, you always have the option, which I strongly, strongly encourage to contact me in the office, to call, to email, so we can have a private discussion about your specific situation. But employment law is exactly what this show is about. And let me give you an example of a situation that came across my desk just over the past few days. So I spoke with a, a gentleman who had been uh, in a sales manager role and for, for a number of years, and recently had to go off on a disability leave, not COVID-related, completely different reasons. He was off for about the eight or nine months, uh, finally got cleared back to return to work. Boss, uh, when he spoke to the boss, said, yeah, you, boss was happy to have him back. This guy was a good employee. said, the thing is, we've done some restructuring in the department, so we have a job for you, but it's not a sales manager job. It's a regular salesperson job. So 100% commission uh, and no managerial responsibilities. So this would have been a, a big deal for this individual because before that he was not on 100% commission. He had salary plus some commissions. And again, it's a demotion. And the interesting thing is this employer was not a bad employer. They weren't trying to hurt this person. They weren't picking on him because he was off on a disability. They had a legitimate restructuring. Okay, this, They were not making it up. So the question that he posed is, well, what do I do here? So here's the thing. If you're off on a disability leave or if you're off on a, for medical reasons, when you come back, if you don't have the same job, that's still a constructive dismissal. This concept of constructive dismissal applies even when you come back to work from a disability leave. 
That means your employer cannot give you a different job, cannot demote you, pay you less or pay you differently. You're expected to get the same job back. And if you don't, you may have the right to treat that as a termination. That's what a constructive dismissal is. So what I told them is you can go and accept this job as a regular salesperson. Of course, that is the first option that you have. But the second option is you can treat that as a termination, now get severance. For him, that would have been right around 12 months of severance is what he's uh, going to be owed. And he's considering that now. But I wanted to remind all our listeners that you may face that situation. Your job changes. Either you're working and it changes or you're coming back from a medical leave and it changes. This concept of constructive dismissal should always jump to mind. And again, to reach out uh, with that or any other uh, topic, toll-free 1-877-399-9898. We're going to get into our topic here very shortly, but always the phone calls are our top priority. In that regard, Kevin, thank you so much for uh, for standing by for a moment right off the top. Good on you. How are you, pal? What's your question? Hey, I'm fine, thanks. Um, so I, uh, what, I was a full-time employee, non-union, and um, the contract uh, where I was, ended with my employer and i wasn't really given another site another uh job and um so i was looking at at it being you know possibly a case of constructive dismissal however um does it matter that i've gotten another job does, so, does Kevin, that let's affect, let's yeah. take a step back just so I understand. So, so you were working on a contract. I mean, was this a contract for a specific period of time? Well, no. Um, you know, I was working um, at a site, and uh, we lost that contract. Right. I understand. So you lost, yeah. and then as a result of that, you were out of a job. As a result of that, yes, I was out of a job. So I was supposed to be posted at another site. Um, But I wasn't given any options as far as, you know, like within my area and uh, within my realm of expertise. So, um, but, you know, I I reached out to your firm, actually, and I spoke with someone there. Um, And I was told that because I had gotten another job, that it greatly reduced my... Correct. Yes. So, so when you find another job, that's what we call you, you've mitigated your damages. You, you've been able to replace your losses and that reduces yeah. severance. And, and the reason for that is this. The reason a company has to pay severance is not as a punishment to the company for letting you go. It's to help you while you don't have their income. So what flows yeah. from that is that if you're able to replace the income that you had, it does reduce the company's severance obligations to you. So, if, for example, if you found a job right away making about the same amount of money, your entitlements could be very, very small. If it yeah. took you a while or if you're making less money, then your entitlements can still be significant. So, yes, finding another job can reduce the value of your case because, again, that severance that they owe you is not a punishment, is intended to help you. Oh, okay. That's what I failed to understand because... I thought it was sort of punitive towards the uh, my former employer because they didn't meet their obligations um, to me. So I felt it was it was sort of punitive. So so the severance is the obligations, and you're right; they didn't meet those obligations. But because you were able to to replace your income and to to reduce your losses, because obviously your skills and experience were in demand, then that does reduce their obligations. Yes. 
yeah. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So I, I guess I don't really have much of a case because I, I have found other employment and it's even at a better salary. So, and, yeah, uh, I, I in found that situation, that... probably there's nothing owed again, especially if you found it very shortly after you were let go. Yeah, it was about seven weeks. Okay. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the call. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah. moving forward, if you need to have a chat with Lior or his team any other time, here is how you do that. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's interesting, though, Lior. Bring, uh, Kel- uh, Kevin brings up an interesting uh, interesting point. Now, if it's, you know, maybe not seven weeks, but maybe you get a lump sum. You're not paid over time with your severance. The, uh, the company just got let go, says, you know, we owe you six months. Here's a check for six months' pay. Well, if a week later you find another job or two weeks, you've kind of scored. Right. You keep- yeah, and here's what I would have wanted. Again, we don't have a time machine, right? But here's what I would have wanted with with Kevin. If he contacts us as soon as this happens, I can resolve the matter before seven weeks. Do you know what I mean? So I resolve right. the matter before he finds another job. So I don't know how how long Kevin worked there, but let's say he's owed a year's pay potentially. He could have gotten a year's pay and still had that job seven weeks later. So timing is important. So the lesson here, if, if there is a lesson, is. If you lose your job, you want to deal with that severance issue immediately because if you wait too long, you find another job. Yeah, that could reduce the value of your entitlements. You bet we're back. Thanks for sticking around. you got plenty of time to join us here on the show. As mentioned right there, you bet that is the number to call in and ask your questions. 1-877-399-9898. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we use each week. And uh, we'll continue to do so in between the calls. We're going to get to the biggest employment law violations, even the big guys make, the big employers. You don't have to be a little mom and pop shop to foul it up. So we'll tell you what some of those are. But as we always say, our callers are warmly invited to the show and our top priority. Damien, thank you so much for sticking through the break. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's on your mind, pal? So I do have a question. I, uh, work for a huge company in Alberta and I've worked for them for approximately 10 years and they eliminated my position, uh, which I was doing for nearly 10 years. And they did offer me another position that is totally different from what I was doing. And I have a medical, a medical condition that prevents me from being successful in the job that they offered me. So we're currently just at a standstill now. I was wondering, like, I am part of a union, but is there still constructive dismissal opportunities being part of a union or, or what, what uh, options do I have? No, there isn't uh, constructive dismissal doesn't exist in a uh, unionized setting. There's other remedies that may be available under the collective agreement, but there's no such thing as uh, constructive dismissal. In, in this situation, the only one that can tell you if what they're doing is wrong is the union. And if your employer is doing something wrong, that the union is the only one that could do something by way of the grievance process. So if you're unionized, that is the only recourse. And yeah, pretty much anything that we talk about on the show, including constructive dismissal, does not apply in a unionized environment. It only applies to, to non-union uh, work settings. Okay, no, that's uh, excellent information. I appreciate that. Thank you, Damien. Thanks, Damien. Appreciate right. your uh, your time and call today. Thanks, uh, thanks so much again uh, to call through. Just like Damien did, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Maria, you are up next. Thanks for uh, getting in line and waiting patiently. How are you? 
I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Excellent. Great. What's uh, what's your question? Well, I was uh, terminated from my um, employment of 20 years as a senior um, um, operator there, and um, I couldn't get vaccinated. Um, it's just a medical issue for me. And uh, I did not get severance pay for it. And uh, they sent out um, um, uh, a new um, employment mandate uh, the day before I left on a 10-day holiday. And uh, then they came back 10 days and we were supposed to um, meet and discuss how other, other options for me. And the next day, my son tested positive for COVID and then I could go to work. And then on the 14th day, um, I got a termination letter because I had to get um, vaccinated by the, um, within 14 days on the 14th. And I was gone for 10, 10 days of that 14 and then was exposed to um, COVID. So, um, and I did not get severance pay and I didn't even get uh, paid properly. I put in a claim with um, labor relations and uh, employment standards, but uh, they said it could take anywhere up to a year. No, I, we can resolve this in a few weeks. Uh, Maria, I, I take it you were not part of a union? No, not a union, no. And they, they didn't put you on the leave. They flat out uh, terminated your employment. Is that right? Yes, flat out. So, so you are owed severance. In fact, you said you've been there for 20 years. So that could be anywhere from 18 to as much as 24 months of severance. And just so you know, employment standards can maybe help you get eight weeks pay. So it's a complete waste of time with that process. And you're lucky if it takes a year. You'd be very, very fortunate if it's only a year. We can resolve this in a few weeks. So I need you to give me a call in the office. Uh, I'll connect you with one of our our BC BC lawyers, some of the best lawyers in the province. Uh, We have hundreds of these cases that we've resolved over the past few months. Uh, in exactly this situation, yes, you are owed severance. If you chose ultimately not to get the vaccine or, or they didn't give you the opportunity, the result is the same, that mm-hmm. if you lose your job because of this, you are owed severance. Not even a question. They can't avoid that. So let's connect off air. Uh, let's get you the severance that you're owed, which is not eight weeks. It's closer to 18 to 20 to 24 months. So mm-hmm. let's do that and, and, and let's get going, okay? Wonderful. That's great. What's the number? I'll give it to you right now, uh, Maria. It's no problem. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Real simple. Everybody can use that as well. Not only Maria. If you're listening to the show anytime, use those two pieces of contact information to reach out to Lior and a, a member of his team. We still have more time. You want to make that call? You can. You still got uh, more than half the show to go, right? one 399 9898 is how you do that. But let's get into this, Lior, because these uh, there's some, some great notes here that people need to be aware of. Again, the biggest employment law violations that even big employers make and are guilty of. I guess a lot of people thinking I would never think that a huge, you know, multinational corporation would make these kind of foul ups. It would just be reserved for the, the corner store. But that's not the case, right? And that's exactly right. So many times, time and time again, I see in, individuals that say, well, I assumed that they knew what they were doing. I assumed mm. that they were doing things correctly and legally because it's a big company. It's a, it's a well-known company. They have an HR uh, team. So if they told me I'm not owed something or they told me I have to do this, I assumed that was the case. Well, yeah. in my experience, I've been doing this a very long time. No, nonsense. Just as likely to, as you say, foul things up. 
if you're working for a large company as it is if you're working for a small company. So we wanted to talk about so those common situations where, yes, you may even see it if you're working for a large company. So you have to stand up for your rights. You cannot assume that someone else is following the law. It's your responsibility to hold their feet to the fire to make sure that they do follow the law. And the first one, even though it's uh, right off the top, is still kind of surprising in 2022, but it's a matter of, it's, it's a fact, and that is they don't properly deal with workplace harassment issues. How about that? Oh my gosh, so common, <laughs> so problematic, and, and something that, you're right, shouldn't be an issue because it's not that hard. So let's be very clear here what an employer has to do if you complain about harassment, if you're dealing with harassment in the workplace. Number one is they have to take it seriously. Number two is they have to investigate, conduct a serious, legitimate, unbiased investigation, even if that means bringing someone from the outside to do the investigation. And number three, they need to figure out a way to rectify that problem, to make that harassment go away, not sweep it under the rug, not hold, you know, cross your fingers and hope for the best. You have to do something about it. And so many times, time and time again, I see even large companies sweeping it under the rug, hoping that it goes away, not investigating, not taking it seriously, uh, or, or maybe just doing an investigation that's just a formality when they've decided that they're not going to do something about it. And that is illegal. By doing it that way, by not properly dealing with workplace harassment, it could be a violation of a few statutes. It's, it's just completely wrong. It could be a human rights violation as well. You as an employee always have a right to work in a harassment-free work environment. And if your employer won't do it, give me a call. See what I can do to help you. Yeah, I guess a lot of people assume that it's still that uh, that attitude, the boys will be boys type of thing. Ah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Everyone's just having a good laugh. It can't be taken that way anymore. No, those days are gone. And yeah, when I started practicing law some 20 years ago, I'd see that all the time. I'd see employers saying, ah, come on, you know, you know, Bob didn't mean it when he slapped you under the under the rear end. <laughs> Wait a second. No, 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 no. Can't do that. Those things are gone. They were never appropriate then. Right now, they're that much more inappropriate. And an employer must understand that they have to take it seriously. I'll take this a step further, John. Even if the harassment happens outside of the workplace, an employer still has to deal with it because there's a chance it may spill into the workplace. So if you're a victim of harassment, tell someone in writing so there's a record, HR, the boss, the owner, and if nothing is done or if it's not done properly, Hey, welcome back. Employment Law Show. John Scholes here alongside, of course, uh, employment lawyer and co-founding partner, Sam Fu to Markin Lior Sam Fu, reaching out anytime. As just mentioned, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employment, <laughs> employmentlawyer.ca through email. But here and now, we encourage you to call. We get all kinds of open lines, and there's always questions to be asked and answered. Toll-free, of course, 1-877-399-9898. In the meantime, back to our topic for the day, and that is some of the biggest uh, violations even the big boys, the big employers make. And uh, number two is this one, Lior, and we, we, we got to some of this in the first segment, terminate employment because of vaccine status. That's still going on. It is still going on. We had a caller right uh, before the break uh, that, mm-hmm. where that that's happened, and I've been seeing it nonstop, and you know it started probably last fall uh, when when vaccines became readily available. That employers started kind of drawing that line in the sand and saying, uh, "Well, no, you got to get vaccinated or you're gone." And it's still continuing with some employers to these days, even though the kind of the overall trend is to open things up and be less restrictive. Mm-hmm. There are still some employers that have either 
uh, recently decided to let people go because of their vaccine status or who've put employees off on a leave, quote unquote, uh, you know, months ago and still refusing to take them back because of their vaccine status. Large employers, you know, I'm talking, you know, even banks and those types of employers that are doing that. So it's easy to think, well, if those companies are doing that, it must be legal. It's not. If you lose your job or if you're put on an unpaid leave because of this, because of your vaccine status, especially now these days, that employer owes you severance. It potentially could also be a human rights issue, but certainly the kind of the obvious and the simple issue is the fact that you are owed severance. An employer can't keep you off work indefinitely or at all because of your vaccine status. And certainly if you're let go, like our caller before the break, she is owed severance. She had been there for 20 years. Those are significant entitlements. So I want to remind everyone of that right now. And again, this is not a commentary about the vaccine at all. Uh, you know, I personally, I'm a, I'm a proponent of the vaccine, have been vaccinated, but that's not the point. The point is, ultimately, if you lose your job because of the vaccine status, you are owed severance. And uh, I've seen employers make a, a big mess out of this. If you're in that situation, you got to give me a call. Talk about the biggest violations employers make, whether they're big and or small, doesn't matter, right? They all make the same ones. And this one, it's I guess it's a mistake, but this could be, in, well, depending on how, how an employee reacts to it, either beneficial or otherwise to the employee, and that is have employees sign employment agreements, but after, after they start working. Yeah, and, and here's why that's kind of a, a mistake and really kind of a bit of a waste of time. Yeah. Because if an employer wants to make an to have an employment agreement that's enforceable with an employee, generally speaking, they have to do that before the employee starts working. Uh, and if an employer does it after, in most cases, it may not be enforceable. Now, the only way an employer can make it enforceable after the employee starts working is by offering the employee something in return for signing. So if your employer says, we want you to sign a new employment agreement and you go ahead and sign it, that document is not worth the paper it's written on because you didn't get anything in return for signing it. You just put your uh, your name on a piece of paper. If they give you something, okay, well, if you sign this employee, we're going to give you a signing bonus. Okay, fine. Or we're going to give you a pay raise or a promotion or extra vacation. Uh, you know, if something like that of value, then yeah, that document then will likely be enforceable. And why is that important? It's important because it's bad news. For an employee, it's always bad news. If you're offered a new employment agreement, it's bad news. It's never a good thing. It's likely that document contains terms that would limit your future severance, that would give the company rights that it doesn't have otherwise to to change your job and pay and work location. So very bad news. So you don't actually want that document to be enforceable. So if you did sign an employment agreement, uh, and you didn't get anything in return, you may be in luck. But I've seen employers make a big mess out of this, get this wrong, even large companies. So certainly a very common way for uh, employers to just uh, really foul things up. Now, you've, you've often said in the case where somebody who's already working and you know during mid-employment, this employment agreement co- drops on their desk, that is never there for the ad, the advantage of the employee. That's not why they're doing it to make things better for you. So that should be a massive red flag right there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Without exception, your employer didn't wake up in the middle of the night and say, "I know, I know how I can give this employee rights that it didn't have. Let the, <laughs> let me write that up in a piece of paper and give him those rights." No, 
the opposite likely happened. Your employer woke up at night and realized, wait a second, there's things that I want to be able to do that I don't have a right to do. So let me make sure that I have the employee sign it to give me rights and take away those rights from the employee. So anytime you're already working and you're presented with a new employment agreement to sign, bad news. Be concerned. And it's not about whether your salary is the same or your week's vacation. Those are probably not going to change. That's fine. It's the other terms. Giving the company the right to cut your severance, to put you on a temporary layoff, to change your job, to add a non-competition. All those things that they don't have a right to do unless you agree to it. So be very, very careful with those employment agreements. And now for those people, as we just get through this, one, one more angle on this one is someone who's a brand new job. So you'll walk, you haven't, now you haven't signed an agreement yet. So it's the first day in the job. You walk through the door, you put on your name tag, you're, you know, you'll play with the stapler at your desk for half an hour, and <laughs> then they come with the employment agreement. It's, it's still not worth the paper it's written on because you've, you've literally already walked through the door. You got it. It's wow. too late. The moment you, you came in in the morning and said, here I am, you're already working unemployed. And then if they offer, and I've seen that happen many times, kind of, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, we forgot to have you sign the agreement. It, you know, it's noon, it's lunchtime. Please sign this on your first day. No. At that point, it is too late. You still have to get something new in return in order for that to become enforceable. And I've been able to get people tens of thousands of dollars of severance because wow. I was able to show that they signed the agreement two hours after they started working. Uh, and I wouldn't have been able to get them that if they had signed it before. So always, always be very careful with those agreements. And if you're not sure, by the way, if something is enforceable, if it's not, if it's bad or if it's good, call me. Let me see it. Let me tell you. Good call. That number, by the way, one 821 5900 Don't just shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know what to do. Call Lior anytime and ask those questions. Let them see that employment agreement before you put pen to paper and help at employmentlawyer.ca to uh, to send it on over as well. Another big employment law violation that gets messed up is uh, employers don't make enough efforts to accommodate an employee's medical limitations. Massive no-no. Yeah, massive. And this is an interesting one because a large employer – you know, a big company may actually have even more obligations, more uh, serious obligations than a smaller company. So if you're, if you need uh, accommodation, you have a doctor's note saying you need modified duties or modified hours, maybe for medical reasons, you need to be allowed to work from home. Your employer has to accommodate that. They have to make all efforts to accommodate that, even if it's not easy. Even if it's something that requires them to, to spend some money and, 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 you know, causes some effort. They have to do it. And a big company, because they have resources and they have various positions that they can give you, they are expected to work that much harder to accommodate you. And time and time again, John, I've seen small companies and large companies not wanting to go far enough to accommodate. Oh, no, no, that's not something we want to do. That's not going to be fair to the other employees or, you know, that that's going to cause too much of a headache. We're not going to do that. So we're not going to accommodate you. Come back to work when you have no restrictions can't do that large companies small companies they have the duty to accommodate if you have that doctor's note you have everything you need to trigger that accommodation again if they won't accommodate you if they won't follow what your doctor says you have to call me and again we're going through our list of uh, biggest employment law violations that even the big employees are guilty of this one if you can believe is still happening and that is discipline or terminate pregnant employees come on (laughs) Come on is, is right. And, and you know what? We shouldn't be talking about this in 2022. And you know, unfortunately, yeah. I think we'll be talking about it in 2023 and 24, 24 and beyond because it still happens all the time. 
wrong, illegal, and you would think a big company would know better. Within the last month, I dealt with two situations exactly like that. Big companies, reputable companies. You would know the name if I gave you the name. And an employee comes back from uh, maternity leave. Oh, no, no, we don't have your job for you. We'll give it to someone else. Are you kidding me? Uh. Illegal. Can't do that. It's very simple for someone that that goes on a parental leave, mother or father. You have to be given the same job you had with the same pay and the same hours, etc. There's no exceptions to that, okay? It's not a nice to have or probably. No, they have to do it. And if they don't, there's going to be some legal consequences. And I've seen large companies do this wrong, even though they shouldn't. So don't assume that just because your employer is telling you, no, no, we're not going to give you your job after parental leave, that they have a right to do that. Chances are they don't. So you got to call me. Let me get involved to make sure that they meet those obligations. All right. Welcome back. Still have some time to go, which means you still have time to call. Ask your questions. Get some answers, right? Toll free, 1-877-399-9898. After that, we'll get back into our uh, programming and possibly a couple of emails. But I want to get to uh, to Darren, who's been hanging online for a couple of minutes. Darren, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time today. What's up, pal? Hi there. How are you today? Fantastic, sir. What's uh, What's going on with you? What's your question? Well, my wife was a postmaster for like 18 years in a small rural post office. She owns a building, runs another business out of it. Um, She got terminated from Canada Post. uh, I guess not terminated, but uh, paid on or put on unpaid leave um, for four months because of back status or whatever and received absolutely nothing for it about a month ago they called called her and said you need to be back at work um it it was the whole thing was just a weird situation and absolutely no compensation for you know almost 20 years of work so darren did she go back to work yes she did so Therein kind of lies the problem because you're you're absolutely right that they did not have a right to do what they did, not even close. Uh, but because now they've done that and she's accepted it by going back to work, there's not going to be much that she can do now, especially when she's not going to want to take legal action about against them anyway when she's working there. So I, I think that the time to have dealt with it would have been while she was off. Now that she's back to work, I just don't see much that can be done. Okay, that that's what I was wondering because it's it, it was just I mean to be there for almost twenty years and then receive nothing for four months and then all of a sudden like you need to be at work on Monday. It, it's ridiculous, um, and I can tell you that if she had decided not to go back to work, she could have treated her employment as being terminated, and she could have been looking at as much as twenty four months' pay. But now having gone back to work, and I'm not criticizing it, that may well have been the right decision. But now that she's back, there's just not going to be much that can be done. Okay, that was my question. Thank you very much. Thank you, Darren. Appreciate uh, your time and enjoy the rest of your weekend and your afternoon. Uh, again, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight is the number used by Darren and everybody previous. With that, we'll move on to uh, to Don. Hi, Don. Thank you for standing by. How are you? Hi there. I know a number of Canada Post employees that uh, have uh, were, were terminated or whatever you want to call it, but uh, they have a union that doesn't have any kahunas. Yeah. Um, but, um, and of course, they can't even get the 20, 
you know, we've, they've been there 20 years. They can't even get the 24 uh, uh, months of severance or whatever the case may be. But um, the thing is, is that uh, so now if they come back, if they go back to work now after because they've been off since November, and if they come back, so they're entitled to nothing except for having to pay the union back pay that's not supporting them, uh, back pay for their pension, back pay for this. I know one that went back and their paycheck was like $200 after working two weeks because of all Yeah, Don, listen, let, let, me, let me cut you off there only because unfortunately there's not much that a unionized employee can do because they don't have the right. It's the union that has the right because the employee doesn't have an, an employment agreement with the employer. The union has an agreement with the employer. So it's the union is the one that has the right. So a unionized employee doesn't also get severance. You know, you hear me talk about 24-month severance. There's no such thing in a unionized environment. It just doesn't exist. Uh, we're talking fraction of a fraction. So that's the unfortunate thing about being unionized. It's not a political statement. It's just a fact. So their only recourse is to do what their union says. There's just no other uh, rights. There's no other exceptions. Uh, and there's no other options, unfortunately. Don, appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Sorry, Don. We just uh, we got to let you go. We're kind of running out of time uh, a little bit. I want to get back to last two uh, last two points you you uh, were making this afternoon, Lior, about uh, some of the biggest employment law violations. Even the big boys make the big employers, and this one too is is right up there. And uh, we talked about you know termination for pregnant employees, or they offer inadequate severance. That's all around the probably the biggest one, right? Yeah, and again, just based on, on Don's call, I want to remind everyone that we're talking about non-union employees. Pretty yeah. much, you know, on this show and every show, whatever you hear us talk about on the show, we're talking about non-union employees. That's why it's employment law, unionized employees would be labor law. So you're absolutely right. This severance. So, so this is probably the biggest assumption that I see people making correctly that, well, if my large, well-known, sophisticated employer is offering me a certain amount of severance, it must be right. Because they know, right? So mm -hmm. if they know and they told me I'm only owed three months severance, that must be it. So I'm going to accept it. Time and time again, John, I see that happen. Multiple times a day, that assumption. Well, it's wrong. It's incorrect. You are just as likely, just as likely to get really bad, inadequate severance if you're working for a larger company as you are if you're working for a small company. Just as likely. Now, here's the thing. It's quite possible that your large company may know how much severance they should be paying you. Right. But they're hoping that they can get away with not paying you that, or they're hoping that you don't know how much severance is owed to you. And you know what? In many cases, they're right. They're able to, quote unquote, get away with it because people accept it. They don't know any better. Well, that stops now because if you're listening to us right now, you do know better. It's not going to happen to you, and hopefully it's not going to happen to your friends and your family because you're going to tell them not to do that. Remember, if you sign off on that severance letter, doesn't matter how bad it is. doesn't matter that you could be owed another $100,000. You can't go back. You can't change your mind. You can't have me undo it. So remember, large company, small company, medium-sized company, any company, if you lose your job, there's a 90% chance that whatever you've been offered is completely inadequate. You're owed more, and the, 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 the clincher is this. It's not difficult to resolve. Yeah. Give me a call, send me an email, and let's get to work. Another place where large and small employers stumble is they're not paying overtime when they should, right? 
That's right. You know, the overtime rules. And a lot of times when I see large companies uh, mess this up is to say, well, wait a second, we didn't approve the overtime or we didn't mm-hmm. ask you to work the overtime. So we're not going to pay it. Well, why, why should we pay it when we didn't ask you that? Well, no, it doesn't work that way. If an employee worked the overtime because they needed to get the work done, even though they wasn't approved or they weren't told to, but they needed to because the work had to get done, the employer has to pay overtime. They don't get to avoid overtime if the work was actually done. I've seen this time and time again. I'll take it a step further. Even if the company says, we don't want you to work overtime, do not work overtime. But you work the overtime because you had to finish the the, the job, the, the project, whatever it is. Your company still has to pay for that overtime. So depending on your province, you know what your overtime threshold is. If you're not sure, call me. If your company doesn't pay overtime, yes, it's illegal. And I've seen large companies get this wrong all the time. Next one we're going to cover here. Two more to go if we can get them both in. This one we've done complete shows on, and that is jump the gun when terminating employment for cause. Absolutely. Large companies get this wrong too and very often. Because you did something wrong, just because you did something wrong does not mean you can be let go for cause, i.e. without severance. You can only lose your job for cause without severance if you've done something terrible, something that makes it impossible to employ you. Large companies get this wrong all the time. If you lost your job, I don't care what the reason is, you got to give me a call. Last one, the biggie, layoff employees temporarily. A temporary layoff. It's easy to assume that it's legal, right? Mm-hmm. Over the past two years, thousands and thousands and thousands of people across Canada have been laid off temporarily. Large companies, major huge companies have laid off employees temporarily. Still not legal. In most cases, an employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily. And if they do, you can treat that as a termination and get your full severance. Large companies get this wrong. Small companies get this wrong. You're, it's your choice to make you feel been laid off temporarily. You can choose to get severance. And with that, we are done for the day. Thank you so much for all your contributions over the phone. You want to continue on, have a chat with Lior and his team. Always ready. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Always a help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. And that website, again, free, anonymous. You can learn so much. There's also the severance pay calculator, which is handy. That is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.